Hi folks, this is Jesse Chen. Thanks for joining Connecting the Dots. So last time we talked a little bit about movement, and this time I want to take it a step further and talk about how technology is entrapping people and preventing them from becoming part of meaningful movements and taking meaningful action. Um, I am one of these people, so I know that this might be offensive to some, but I think it's important to say out loud anyway. We need to be honest with ourselves. There is a tremendous amount of distraction that comes with Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and the Farmville and your candy apps and all these different things that are going on in your smartphone that are basically distracting you from the present. And this distraction has been, we've been, we've been all been watching it grow the last few years. You know what it looks like. You know, there used to be a time when you could go onto a subway or into, um, you know, the train or into, you know, a commuter bus and people would be talking and maybe reading the newspaper, reading a book. Now everyone's on their phones. Everyone has the little white earbuds going into their head and they're all completely entertained by the device that's in their hand. And this can be really useful, like on planes with children, it's a phenomenally useful um, distraction to have. In fact, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you're delayed on the tarmac, there's a good amount of people who are now just self-entertained through their smartphone devices on the plane. So it does have its moments of utility, and I'm certainly not knocking on anyone um, at any time for doing something that they need to be doing. But we can't deny the fact that there is an enormous amount of distraction that is happening uh, most times of the day because of this smartphone device, right? And because of the technology that's on it. And so what started off as being interrupted by an occasional email uh, message has now grown to being interrupted by email messages, by tweet notifications, by Snapchats, by at mentions, tagging and photos on Instagram, by all these different things that are distracting your attention. And there has been many articles written about this notion of attention in the 21st century as it being a more or less a commodity, a resource that we have now um, and that we have to think about in terms of uh, marketing, in terms of advertising, in terms of breaking through to, to the customer. I would like to look at it from the element of leadership and not just leadership in the context of government and democracy, but leadership in the context of any organization that you're really a part of. It is becoming so difficult to break through all of this noise um, that people have and are receiving on their smartphones that it is becoming increasingly challenging to get people to do things from a leadership standpoint. Now, I'm oversimplifying what leadership is. It's not simply getting people to do things, right? But if you really want people to donate to something or if you really want to get their input on something or if you really want to, ha if you have a message and you have many followers, you could, you could be, you could literally be President Barack Obama and have, you know, however mi millions of Twitter followers that he has, he can tweet something and there's no guarantee that every one of his followers will see it. That's actually the way that the technology works right now. And so now take that to another step. Now let's say that you're in your union or you're in your, your, your local office or whatever it is and someone is trying to reach out to you to get you again to do something or to influence you. And now you need to go take an action or the person wants you to go take an action as a result. 
it's now even harder for you to do that because now there's all these things that are in the way, primarily, again, through social media. It's one thing if I have to break through the song that you're listening to or to Candy Crush or to Farmville. It's another thing when I'm competing across all those different visual stimulations of images that are coming through on Snapchat videos, that are coming through on Instagram photos, that are coming through whatever medium that you have, and then to go out and do something with that information, right? So how are you supposed to actually go look up X when you're so distracted by everything else, by all this media, by all this content? It is entrapping an entire generation right now from an attention standpoint. They, people are literally crossing the street without looking. Just a couple of years ago, we were worried about the drivers who were driving while texting while driving. Now, all those advertisements really need to be updated so that they're talking about the pedestrians who are texting while walking and crossing the street without looking because they're looking at their phone, right? This is an enormous issue. This is an enormous issue. It doesn't seem to be going away. Um, yeah, there's these kind of micro movements that's like, hey, if you're at dinner, everyone puts their phones in the middle and the first person to look you know, picks up the bill kind of stuff. But none of this is really working. Everyone is just fully owned by their device. It is becoming increasingly hard to break through all of those distractions. And that's, again, what I want to talk to from a leadership, from a movement standpoint. Because even if you're part of a movement, now, you know, let's let's take a step for a moment to, to recall what a movement is. A movement is when every person who's in the movement is trying to get the people who are not in the movement to join the movement, right? I know that's a little bit of a simplification, maybe an oversimplification of what a movement is, but if you are not trying to get other people to join that movement, then you're really not contributing to it. Now, this is like the equivalent of, you know, let's pretend for a moment that there's a group of people moving down the street. And as they move down the street, they start off by saying, hey, you know, uh, pedestrians on the side join us in, in in this movement down the street well at first they're getting people to move down the street but as time goes along there's there's things that are coming out now maybe there's a parody video of the movement doing the the thriller dance from michael jackson or there's some great news article that's covering the movement itself and these people in the movement walking down the street instead of tapping the person on the shoulder on the sidewalk who's watching and getting them to join, now they're tapping the shoulder of the person next to them and saying, hey, look how cool we are, or look how cool our leader at the front is. And that itself is an enormous problem, right? This is where the movement literally goes off the rails. This is where the, the, the wheels fall off the bus, so to speak, in terms of the movement. If you're not contributing and getting other people to agree with you or for the existing people to take meaningful action, then you're not really contributing to the movement. Yes, of course, there's some borderline value of, you know, keeping the troops, you know, excited and, 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 and enthusiastic and motivated about why we're walking down the street. But that itself, why we're walking down the street is more worth it than say, hey, look at this video of someone captured of us walking down the street. And there's just all of this distraction that is kind of generated through that attention that then prevents people in the movement from furthering the movement beyond that initial critical mass, right? The critical mass is actually uh, 
being hijacked from within by people who are not focused on the, the, the issues of strategic importance, which is one, get new people to join the movement, and two, get the people in the movement to be, do, to be taking concrete, meaningful action, which in our little analogy might be walking down the street and tapping more people uh, on the sidewalk, tapping their shoulders and saying, join us, right? That is what movements should be about. Now, if you're a leader within a movement, there may not be a leader at the top of a movement. Often there is not, even though we like to put an icon of some kind on the face of a movement. For example, Martin Luther King, he did not lead the civil rights movement. He was one of many leaders within the civil rights movement, and he is really a rallying point for a lot of people who not only were in that movement, but also agree with it. So that the, the fact that there's multiple leaders in a movement means that all of those leaders are challenged with influencing all of those movement me uh, members despite all those distractions that I was talking about before, <laughs> right? So with all the Snapchat videos of us walking down the street and the Instagram photos of this really cool looking colored filtered photo of us walking down the street, there's actually the work at hand that needs to be done. And the leader is trying to get these people to do what needs to be done. But because of the technology lock-in effect, where we are all in it and we're all kind of trapped by it in some ways, it's hard for people to drive that message forward without becoming part of the problem itself. Because if you're one of these kind of more conscious aware people and you're walking down the street and you're saying, hey, hey, don't forget to tap the people on the sidewalks, you know, forget the video of us walking down the street, tap the people on the sidewalks, get them to join us too. If you try to engage that person, the other person's going to start debating with you. They're going to start saying, uh, this is good. We need to rally up our troops. It's motivating. It's da, da, da. And then you get into a little bit of a black hole arguing with them about it. Again, this is a major distraction and a major problem that we have. It's a major problem for democracy, more generally speaking, because what ends up happening is while all of these people are distracted, a very small amount of people end up taking control. And that is more or less a, a, exactly what's happening in many facets of life There, uh, right now. There is so much distraction. I mean, I saw an advertisement the other day for Hulu that brags that they have 136,000 or 300,000 episodes of your favorite TV shows. Now, you know, Hulu's a great service, don't get me wrong, but I just want to be clear on what's happening here, right? You have a company, Hulu, that's owned by a small amount of people, the content of which is provided by other companies, which are also owned by a small amount of people, and the service is providing content that distracts the population from other things that are happening in the world. Not everything, but certainly contributes to lowering the attention for that other, maybe quote unquote, important stuff that's going on, right? Now, this is happening with Hulu. I'm just picking them, I'm just picking on them because of this commercial I saw the other day. They're a great service, don't get me wrong. I love Hulu, but that's what's happening, right? We're distracted by all the content. You know, it's not 50 years ago when there were seven TV channels, right? There's, there's, a billion different ways to get your information, whether it's through Facebook, Snapchat, Hulu, you're dot, 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 dot. It's just all 
distractions. I saw another news article recently, I think it was in the Verve or in Wired magazine. It's a great picture of Mark Zuckerberg walking past an audience of people who are wearing those virtual reality glasses, goggle things. They're all connected to the network. They're all distracted by a visual, you know, non-reality, a virtual reality. Meanwhile, Mark is walking around free to do what he wants in the crowd. People, Mark Zuckerberg is walking right next to these people. They don't even see him, right? And that's a great analogy. It's another great analogy of kind of what's happening here. The world is moving on. Things are happening. Now, tons of people, millions of people, literally millions of people are so distracted in the United States with the content, with the drama, with the bullshit that they are not able to engage in movements that matter, causes that matter, our communities responding to what leaders of all kinds, whether it's government or not, right? Leaders are looking from, uh, at us to do. And when we're distracted, there are other people whose job it is, is to come in and try to influence the people who have the authority to make changes in our everyday lives. Those are called lobbyists, by the way, right? And so this happens. So are we actually getting a fair and balanced, so to speak, no pun intended, uh, you know, spectrum of engagement for everyday people? Or are they being distracted by so much of the technology that they're not truly engaged? I mean, there's a good amount of people out there who argue how valuable liking and sharing things is. And this is like my professional area of focus, right? Is online technology for engagement. And so, yes, I definitely think that there's stuff that we can do with technology to get people engaged in the world that exists beyond work, family, friends, and play. Of course I do. That being said, liking and sharing only has value if the content that is being liked and shared is strategic. Right. And so it comes back to this kind of analogy of walking down the street. If everyone in that movement walking down the street is sharing and sharing videos of them walking down the street and sharing, you know, posts about news articles uh, for people to like about them walking down the street, then the movement isn't growing. There's no one else. No one's working on growing the movement. No one's asking people to join. They just see this news article and pass it around instead of sharing stuff that might really matter, which is, hey, when you tapped that guy leaning over by the stop sign on what he was doing, then, you know, what did, you know, what did that mean? Like, what did, what kind of impact did that have on him? How did that end up working for you? So that to me is kind of a big challenge that people have to figure out in these movements that's what they should be liking and sharing that's what they should be uh delivering to other people not talking about uh you know what is this great video that you have without uh, that i want to see these distractions are getting to a point that is actually now becoming cannibalistic and counterproductive and actually destructive to these movements and so this is something that i think leaders need to to recognize as a true challenge everyday people need to realize that they need to pay attention to because otherwise uh, what's going to happen is not only are you going to be either walking across the street and getting hit by some car because neither the driver or the pedestrian is paying attention, but the world's going to change and more people at the top are going to get that power and you're not 
because we're all distracted by Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Hulu, and everything else out there. It's time for a break. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for watching Connecting the Dots. Welcome back to Connecting the Dots. I'm Jesse Chen. So we last left off talking about distractions and I was talking about some of the different technologies out there that are doing a really phenomenal job at distracting people in their everyday lives. Um, but the reality is, is that it's not just technology. It is, and we have to be honest with ourselves about this, right? So there, it's not just technology. It's actually content more generally speaking so it is kim kardashian to an extent it is you know the nfl to an extent it is these different things that we have going on in our lives things that we enjoy things that we are entertained by and that are not intrinsically bad uh but that are changing our focus and attention away from uh quote unquote issues that matter and so for some people, they may go, well, what else matters besides, you know, X, besides catching up on my show, besides, you know, hanging out with my friends? And that's a fair, fair point, fair question. For those people, there may not be anything else for them to be worrying about or for them to be concerned about in terms of the world that is existing beyond work, family and friends, etc. Um, and play. And so I think that we... When we think about this, though, we can't deny that there are decisions happening on a daily basis at every level in your company that you work with, in your workplace, or in your town, or in your country, or in your membership association, whatever community that you're a part of. There are decisions that are being made that you're not a part of because either, one, the leadership is not reaching out to you and engaging you and or two they're trying to engage you but there are so many distractions that you are finding it hard to become engaged at least effectively and efficiently and i think that this is you know this is definitely partially a distraction issue but i also think it's a leadership issue it's an issue in terms of uh, leaders being able to break through the noise to engage their communities, but it's also a leadership culture and skill set issue, right? We throw around this term <laughs> in the United States, especially leader, right? And we think that we know what it is, but uh, I think a lot of people don't know what a leader is or what a good leader looks like. I think we, you know, use this term, you know, emerging leaders a lot to describe, you know, up and coming leaders. We use this term, you know, company leadership, dot, 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 which is not necessarily the people who have the C-suite office. And so I think that there's a challenge for, for everyone out there who's trying to, you know, practice some sort of good leadership uh, to figure out a way to, engage people through these distractions but also to truly be effective leaders um there is and not just from a distraction standpoint but from a from a value standpoint 
Um, you know, it is not a check the box exercise to ask your team or your staff, you know, what's on your mind. You know, that's not a good enough thing uh, to do to be an effective leader. It's not a good enough practice. Um, there are so many different considerations and it, it deserves truly its own episode, if not several, to talk about the different practices and behaviors and the culture setting and the expectation setting that comes with um, the communications around leadership. And I've said before on this podcast about the uh, leadership as a communications um, approach, um, as, as a theory of communications, really. Um, and, and I think that really stands true. And it really comes down to being able to break through, uh, break through people's mental models, whatever mental roadblocks they may have or distractions they may have and get them to do things. Um, this is, uh, of enormous consequence. Like I was saying before with the analogy of a group of people walking down the street, you know, it's very, it's very easy for, for the people to talk amongst themselves, so to speak. It's not really that easy for the leader at the front to get the intention of the entire crowd and mobilize them and organize them when all of this action and distractions and videos and pictures and all this kind of stuff, content is, is going around. And so this is something that I think is a true challenge for movements. I think it's a true challenge for leaders. I think the technology is playing um, an enormous role in this respect in terms of moving people away from a focus and a, a commitment to action that matters in the real world, in the real physical world, um, versus, uh, you know, all these, all these other paths that people can go down and not really take any meaningful action. I mean, the, the amount of stuff that you see that's shared um, online, right, on Facebook, for example, that just has no value whatsoever um, to progressing a cause forward, right? There's an awareness thing, and then there's the awareness concept of content, and then there's the, like, the resonance uh, concept of content, which is, like, maybe the first time you, you hear about, you know, uh, homeless veterans, it's, it's an issue of awareness, but then when you see someone bringing it up the second time, now it's a, a resonance issue. You're already aware of it. And so you give it a like and you're like, yeah, 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 exactly that. You know, I am, I'm, I'm with that idea. I, I agree with this post. But that resonance, while it's good in terms of generally moving the crowd at the margin, it doesn't really result in real action. Right. And this is controversial. A lot of people don't think that this is actually the case. They think that, you know, this is a net net good thing. I think it can be better. I think that you can provide a certainly a platform, a content platform that is tied into meaningful action. Um, and obviously that's, you know, a big part of the, the work that we do with Powerline. But it's really, you know, again, coming down to this theory of what how do leaders um engage and mobilize and break through this noise and get people to take meaningful action because this this is a real problem and and it's not something that seems to have an easy solution now uh, nor does it seem to have any um any change in direction or any change in trajectory coming in the near future um it is fascinating to watch the amount of people out in the world who are 
completely distracted, again, whether it's on purpose or not is irrelevant, um, who are completely distracted by work, family, friends, and play, that they forget to participate in democracy, um, in the decisions that impact our everyday lives, and at all levels, town, state, country, workplace, etc. So I think that that is a, a growing problem. I mean, you cannot deny that, you know, 90% plus of the population um, of the working age populations going out and helping to make, you know, rich people richer. And they are working their 60 to 80 hour work weeks. And they are uh, so distracted and well there's first of all they're so stressed out from the, the hours that they're working that they can't make themselves breakfast they can't uh you know make themselves dinner so they use that salary that they're getting which is associated with their 60 to 80 hour work week to actually pay for uh, breakfast lunch and dinner which means that they save less of their high salary that comes from the 60 to 80 hour work week commitment. Again, I don't get this, right? And so they get home, they have their takeout or they get back from the restaurant. Maybe they've been able to go to the gym, who knows, right? But they certainly sit down and, and go into distraction world with all the different media that they have available to them. And I'm one of these people, I've done it. I certainly continue to do it from time to time. But this is what happens, right? We get d distracted by these things and then we are not active in our organizations. We're not active in our communities. We don't talk to our elected leaders because these distractions are real. And suddenly you wake up and 10 years has gone by and you wonder how all these different regulations came into the picture. You wonder how these different candidates won office. You wonder how your organization has changed its entire focus and vision and mission. All these different uh, activities that it used to do are gone. Why? Because we are being distracted. And it is uh, an, an oligarchy, uh, you know, almost an oligarchy by accident, right? There, there's certainly the argument that the oligarchy is happening on purpose because there's people at the top trying to make it one. And that's, you know, a different conversation for a different time. But I would say that there's also the oligarchy. And again, this isn't just for government. It's for any organization that you're a part of. Uh, the concept of an oligarchy is the same, where a small amount of people have the most amount of power, right? This is something that is emerging because people are so distracted by... Um, the rest of their life, that they're not actually speaking up and being engaged in the decisions that impact their life, right? And, and who's to blame them, right? If you are stressed out from that 60 to 80 hour work week, if you are, um, you know, stressed out by the healthcare bills, by the student loan debt, by the, you know, taking care of mom and dad or the kids or whatever it is, right? You are so distracted by that, but that by the time you have an hour to yourself, who who wants to contact their mayor who wants to contact their union rep who wants to create you know ruffle little feathers at work or within their student organization or student government you don't you want to sit down and you want to relax and so you want to you know watch family guy or you want to watch you know hulu or you want to scroll through youtube videos and snapchat because you just don't want to you know, you have less willpower at that point. Your willpower has been extracted from you uh, into working for the man, quote unquote, and helping them get richer. In the meantime, you've gotten poorer, at least in terms of your time and your attention and your willpower. And so someone else out there goes out and makes these decisions that end up impacting your life. 
And so it's, you know, democracy has to be done on purpose. It's, you know, I said it before, it's a fight that never ends. It's a struggle that never ends. You don't win it with an election. You don't win it with a revolution. You don't win it with an appointment. You don't win it with, with a, a comment card. It is something that you continue to fight for every single day um, in every one of the communities that you're a part of. Again, it starts in your town or in your workplace or in the organizations, community organizations that you're a part of, but it expands well beyond there. And so, like I said before, it doesn't matter whether or not these distractions are being put into place on purpose, whether it is something that someone is trying to do. I'm not saying that Hulu exists to distract the population, right? I'm saying it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. What matters is if it's happening. This is systems thinking in general, right? It doesn't matter what was intended. What matters is what are you experiencing? We are experiencing a world where everyone is so distracted, so stressed out that they are not participating in democracy. And that is a problem. The technology certainly plays its role. It certainly gets in the way. It makes things harder. We could have better design technology to make it easier, but there's still other root causes that contribute to the entire mess. And that has to do with leaders being ineffective at reaching out and being effective at creating the culture and the expectations and the communications to engage and to mobilize and organize and lead their communities. But it's also the willingness of the people to get past the content distractions, get past the technology and get past whether or not the leader is asking you to begin with or, or not, right? There's a the, the part of leadership itself, personal leadership is recognizing that when the quote unquote leaders aren't doing their job, you need to step up and press back and put feedback on them and, and be willing to engage with, with, with that whole challenge. And that's not easy, especially when, when your income and your livelihood may be at stake. And I understand that, but this is something now that you can't underestimate. I think the older generation gets this intrinsically because they're not as tied into technology, but I think the millennials, I think are, 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 are not quite aware of this as, as we could be. And I hope that that changes because you can't deny these kids growing up right now who are, you know, I got three, I got a three-year-old that I know who knows how to use his mother's iPhone. It's insane, right? But, you know, so what is that kid going to look like 15 years from now, 20 years from now when they're in high school, college? Forget what the world's going to look like. That's a whole other, you know, again, another episode for another time. But if they're that plugged into technology at three years old, what does that mean for democracy? What does it mean for leadership challenges? How are you going to break through the noise to reach those people in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Anyway, I think we've run out of time for today. Thank you very much for joining Connecting the Dots, and I will see you next time.